this is Cyber Therapy. I am Ashley and I'm Senior Marketing Manager at Jupiter One. This is my lovely co-host, Tyler. You want to say hi? Hi, Ash. How are you today? Do you have a, a wonderful Lunar New Year? Uh, so far, yeah. It's been actually quite chill. Uh, yeah. You know, just getting monies for the red envelopes for the kids and it's a pretty relaxing day, to be honest. Yeah, that's, so. that's super cool. Apparently you need crisp Crisp bills, right? I, which crisp I knew nothing about because two dollar bills would be awesome. Oh, that explains like as a kid, a yeah, I was two dollar bills were in high demand, and it was like the thing to have. So I still I really have one in my wallet to, as like a lucky thing. I really need to adopt that that habit. <laughs> I think that's just such a cool little little thing for the year of the tiger this year, right? Um, so yep. I'm pretty pretty excited for the year of the tiger. 2022 is shaping up to be a phenomenal year. Um, for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of uh, a lot of things on the up and up. Certainly for Jupiter One, we're pretty excited about some of the projects we have going. Um, yeah, have you been skiing lately, Ash? Have you been? No, I was actually going to ask you because we're finally in February, which means we're full time winter for sure. Uh, but we haven't gotten a lot of snow. Honestly, it's been kind of a weirdly and dry snow season so far. What were you What were you going to ask me if you could go? Well. You're I like, mean, you're gonna ask you. You're gonna ask <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you wanted to go take your kids out to go skiing. I do. I do, but I'm I'm struggling to find the time to get out to the wonderful. So for those of you that are watching the show that don't know this, Ashley is uh, located in Denver, yes. Colorado, mm -hmm. and she has phenomenal skiing where I am in Raleigh, North Carolina, not necessarily the hotbed of deep powder. Um, so I was I was hoping to get my kids out there, but I don't know if it's gonna happen this year. We'll see. We got a lot going on. Um okay. Uh, so give us give us two seconds on what we got going on today for the show. Yeah, I'm super excited because uh, we get to chat about the collaboration with uh, NC State. And so uh, without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and bring our guests on so they can introduce themselves. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Nick. Margaret, you want to give a welcome, a uh, little background on yourself? Sure. I'm Margaret Heil. I am the director of the Senior Design Center in Computer Science at NC State. I've been there since 1996 in various roles. And um, we, the center is our, we house our capstone senior course for our undergraduates, our undergraduate seniors who are about ready to be launched to graduate into the next chapter of their lives. And we teach this course um, as from a multidisciplinary perspective. So my area of expertise is communication, teamwork, and project management. And I co-teach this with computer science faculty. And we have industrial mentors who bring problems to our students. And more about that later. I'll be happy to talk about it. So thank you for having us here. Having awesome. me. Awesome. Thank you, Margaret. Nick. <laughs> Nick Dauman. Hey. Would you like to introduce yourself? I would love to. Great to see you all. Uh, my name is Nick, and I'm a senior software engineer at Jupiter One. Work on the integrations team, um, which means uh, a lot of what I do is part of Jupiter One's um, goal of writing open source integrations. Um, so me and my team work a lot on that, including our um, cloud provider integrations, um, users and access integrations, things like that. Um, and and we're trying to basically push additional open source initiatives and. And uh, we had a really great collaboration with NC State recently, which um, which is how I know Margaret. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great to be here uh, awesome. with Nick talking about this experience. <laughs> so, and, and thank you for bringing Jupiter One to us. 
Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the Senior Design Center. What is it? How is it formed? What's the vision behind it? Um, and so I know you gave us a little bit of background on that, but yeah. I would love to just know more yeah, um, since you've seen it grow. Always happy, always happy to talk about the center. Uh, the center was formed back in the 90s, actually, by our department head at the time. His name was Dr. Alan Tharp. And he had been involved in the department since in, in the 60s when they were was just starting up. And he really wanted to take advantage of this, our rich, the richness of our industrial neighborhood, right? So the research Chicago Park, wow, it would be great if we could nurture some kind of partnership between our department and, and our, our neighbors. And many um, of the students that had graduated that were alum that, that Alan knew um, were out there. So he knew that he could contact them. So he, he went to his, one of his coworkers, Dr. Robert Fanaro and said, you know, Bob, what do you think we could do? Let's, we need to come up with some kind of partnership here because this is a great opportunity for us. So they started knocking on doors and, and going to students, you know, former students and saying, hey, what can we do? And they came up with this paradigm where industrial partners would actually give um, teams of students in this elective project course a problem and then expect those students to solve that problem by creating software in a semester. And so Bob set that up and he became the technical advisor for a handful of teams. And that was around 1994. And you can imagine what kind of process that was, right? So the students were expected to write requirement specs and design documents and test plans. And they had to communicate with their industrial mentor on a weekly basis. They had to work together as a team. They had, and then Dr. Fanaro started expecting them to do presentations for the sponsors and, and putting together all these formal, all this formal documentation. So Alan and Bob thought, you know, it, eventually it just became a little bit too much for one instructor to handle because it was a very popular experience for the students. So the students, it was an elective course and the students were signing up for it because what a great way to network. Mm -hmm. Hey, I haven't had any internship experience. I'm yeah. having co-op, right? So, so let's do, let's sign up for this, in, this project course that's, that's industrially mentored. So they decided to um, bring me on as an experiment, as a consultant, because my area of expertise was this communication piece. So we just, Bob and I started teaching this from a multidisciplinary perspective and it just took off. And the sponsors of course loved it because the students that they were recruiting from this experience had this, you know, it was, it was such a robust experience. They came, they understood about writing and speaking and, they, and, and, they, and plus they were, of course, they were able to develop the software. So it just kept growing and growing. And then of course our students loved it because, yeah. of, because of the recruitment ish, you know, and, and, and networking with folks. So it took off and eventually it became a required course for all of our undergraduate seniors. So we started with a handful of teams, you know, three to five teams. We have 39 teams this semester. 39. Wow. Nine. So how, yes. many, how many people on a team, Margaret? I'm trying to get the a scope, a grasp of the scope of no. the size of like an annual cohort that comes through. Yeah, so right now this is this is unprecedented. So this is we have 195 students, and we have um, anywhere from four to six students on the team. So we have one four-person team, one six-person team, and most of them are five-person teams. So we're working with that. We're growing. We have some growing pains, but we're we're really excited to see how it unfolds. So I have this incredible team, and and Nick has had the honor of of working with just you know, some incredible folks. Um, over the years and, and this semester, just, just great people, um, computer science faculty, and we have five sections. 
So, um, and I'm in every section, so I teach in every section. So my hope is that I can get in the trenches with the students. Like that's what I really love to do, but now I'm doing a lot of administration, but, but that's okay, right? But, but um, I'm, I'm really about ready to launch into a project management activity that I call task planning. And I am going to be doing it with 39 teams. It's a one hour project wow. that I do, yeah. So um, I'm really excited now, usually, and I'm really excited when the 39th one finishes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, really I'm, cool I'm I'm sure you are. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I've been to, I went to school a long time ago in undergrad and we had requirements for internships. Can yeah. you help me understand the difference a little bit between what an internship would be and what this type of project, the senior design project that you guys run, how does it like, what's the, what's the difference? Is it a time specific difference where an internship might be longer or how, how does that work? Well, the internships can be, um, the students can do the internships in a semester, they can do them in the summer, sometimes the summer moves into the fall, and maybe they have fewer hours per week, depending on what their course schedule is. But really, I think that probably the main difference in senior design, the students participate in all phases of the software development life cycle. So, so by prescription, oh, okay. they have to fall and, 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 and they have to, right? Yeah. So they have this problem and they bring it all the way to delivery. So they do requirements, they do design, they do implementation okay. testing. Where, where an internship could potentially be bug squashing for a you semester. Know, you know, or, inter exactly. Internship yeah. can be a, a really um, a piece of that life cycle, which is yeah. great mm -hmm. experience. Right, but here they, they definitely, um, we have to check off those boxes, right? Yeah. Even to that, they do um, work on a team mm. in design, but they're not just thrown sure. on a team. They're actually taught how to do teamwork, and they're, they're monitored, and they're coached, mm -hmm. and mentored. So I think that that's the difference. I don't know that all internship opportunities have the time for that, you know, that the managers actually have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, they are it's, it, it have a very robust experience with formal speaking and writing, and they get an enormous yeah. amount. Yeah, you know, huh? yeah, you know it's ahead. interesting. I, I really wish I would have had something like this when I did my undergrad. I mean, we came through, we crunched out the code, we banged it out, and you got the right. job done. And you know, you did your internship and you maybe you squashed bugs for a semester or I mean, I did mine setting up networks for a virtual reality company in 1995. Right. So, you know, wow. all the different. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's it's a wonderful career I've had, but all the different experiences um, that I had just don't seem to give the well-rounded kind of vantage point to what you're describing, where it was more for me. It was like code, 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 bang, bang, bang. You're an engineer. That's what you do. Focus on engineering. And that's it. Right. So and it's I really neat to see the breadth. That's why our sponsors love us. Yeah. I had a I had a recruiter once, if you don't mind me telling a story. No, I, had go a, ahead. I had a recruiter once call me and say, "What the heck are you doing over there? <laughs> we just want your students. We want your students." And, he, and and this person said, "I'm not allowed to tell you what universities you are competing with, but we don't really care. We just want NC State graduates. So what are you doing over there?" Mm -hmm. because our yeah. companies are just loving the students that you're graduating. Yeah, it's making them so it's much more, more well-rounded and, and yeah. you know, more than just a, a code code cruncher like Nick is, right? I mean, all he knows how to do is crunch code, right, Nick? Mm -hmm. If only I went to this burger. Oh, you should see how he mentors the students. He's wonderful with the students. So, so I for the for the for the audience, um, Nick works at Jupiter One. I have the pleasure of having worked with Nick now for about a year and a half. Uh, the guy's a true pleasure. He's fantastic. Very, very bright. And and just 
give us a little bit of your background. Where'd you go to school? Did you do an inter internship or a design program or anything like that, Nick? I mean, you went to one hell of a school. So give, give the yeah. audience a little bit of background. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, so for my undergrad, I went to Northeastern University, which is Boston. And um, for those of you who, who don't know, I know a lot of schools have offered these co-op programs. Um, but in Northeastern, that was basically a requirement. Like every single person I knew did three, graduated in five years. So you get to stay in college a little bit longer. It's not, not, you know, certainly you, not. You, not you get, get to, you get to, yeah. yeah. That's a hey, just <laughs> for what it's worth, I got to do my undergrad over eight years. So I really got <laughs> to stick around. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, but so, uh, so we had a, a really nice opportunity to basically everyone did three co-ops. I did three co-ops. Um, and in fact, by the time I graduated, uh, all three of them ended up in a, in a job offer in some way. So I thought that, you know, I think since then, I've always felt really strongly that um, having an opportunity in, in undergraduate education to collaborate with, uh, with employers and like with people who, hey, you know, you're going to graduate, you really need to understand the difference between academics doing school projects. And, and of course, if you want to go into to industry, um, what it's going to be like and, and um, yeah, so that's why I really feel strongly about uh, my experiences working with companies as an undergrad and then, uh, you know, trying to do the same in reverse here. Yeah. So talk to me, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I, I work at Jupiter One as well, so I kind of know the story, but uh, can you give us like how the connection occur between Jupiter One and North Carolina State and between you and Margaret and the teams and, you know, there's a people element. I think of this as well, right? You have to, if you go in there and you don't connect at the human level, it's just not going to work. So tell me a little bit about how we kicked off the project with NC State, Nick. Um, and mm -hmm. Margaret, talk a little bit about how the students felt when they first got the chance to meet Nick. Yeah, well, so, um, you know, the, the genesis here uh, is, of, of course, like Margaret said, I think NC State has a fabulous engineering program. And as a as an engineering company, we we value this like critically um and on top of that actually a lot of our a lot of our engineering talent including Urkon himself um came through nc state so i think Urkong has a bs and ms from nc state yeah uh, for those that for those that don't know Urkong's the ceo of jupiter one mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> so he made a um Urkong made a connection uh, with with our director of external relations, Mr. Ken Tate, and then of course um, we have we have an e partnership program with NC State that really originated um, out of the Senior Design Center years and years and years ago um, because we had to get sponsors, and so finally we hired a director of external. Um, relations and then that position just really grew, and so sponsors can come to, to computer science and. Um, participate at different levels of partnership and depending on how much they'd like to donate and how much they'd like to be a part a partner how much they what the kinds of things they'd like to do so at the super e partnership level for example um, the partners get two senior design projects per academic year for example in addition to lots of other um, activities that they can host and participate in and get to know the students and recruit so that's how we got started um, ken brought them to me and we just started talking about projects and um, and every semester I'm gathering projects 
from from new sponsors and old sponsors and potential sponsors right so i'm working can you give us a taste of like what other kind of companies and projects that oh i'd love come through your way yeah absolutely we um we have a long list of sponsors we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of sponsors but some of the folk some of the folks that your audience will know cisco ibm uh, blue cross blue shield LabCorp, lexus nexus merck netapp SAS, Cengage, Microsoft, Truist, and smaller companies in the area, for example, those on Centennial Campus Bandwidth. We work with startup companies, Sunder Networks, Catabasis is a nonprofit that we're working with right now whose mission is to um, bring computer science to rural North Carolina um, children in rural North Carolina, young people, and, and bring them into the fold. And so they have camps for them uh, to teach them about hardware, and they have, they have a lot of gaming projects that they're getting involved with to introduce students to computer science concepts. Really, really exciting projects um, all over the board, right? From yeah. from from cybersecurity to gaming um, to um, Projects that have machine learning and natural language processing components, data mining, um, gamification of things that um, you wouldn't think would be could be gamified, things like that. So we have a, a really, really rich um, group of, of sponsors that we're really, really proud to be partnering with. Nice. And, and, um, and yeah, Tyler oh, asked. Yeah. Tyler asked how the students were in terms of when they were how if they were excited. Yeah. Nick, yeah. So one of the things that we make our students do, and they, you know, they really don't like me for this, I don't think. <laughs> I really don't. But I, I, you know, I have this just incredibly exciting lecture on how to have a meeting. You know, and they're like, and these kids, you know, they're really brilliant, right? And they're like, you've got to be kidding. This woman is going to to have a meeting. And so and I make them put together an agenda. And I have to review the agenda beforehand. So this is for the kickoff meeting. Mm-hmm. And they have to have questions. And it's, it's really quite a process. Mm-hmm. And so I prepare them. And so the students get, I think because of that preparation, they're actually like, oh, wow, this is like serious. Right? Like this is yeah. But they're really excited. into adulting. Yes. yes. But they're really, really excited. And, um, and they prepare, they have to meet their sponsor down in the atrium and escort them to the conference room. It becomes very formal. And I want them to have that experience. Yeah, yeah. I want them to be, I want them to be on edge just a little, you know? Yeah, so, them- so yeah, were they, were they, were they excited? Were they excited to, to meet Nick? I mean, Absolutely. I mean he's, a, he's, a, he's a pretty exciting guy. Well, I mean. no, he, no, well of course he is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a graduate from Boston. I mean, please, you know, like a, he's a very yeah. he's an exciting. Um, no, and actually, it's it's fabulous. Um, yeah. When Nick, when Nick came in, it was just it was just great. Um, yeah. And and the students just love meeting their sponsors for the first yeah. time. They're always so jazzed. Yeah, I bet they do. Like I said, I did that internship at that virtual reality company. I ended up working there well beyond the internship, uh, sure. which is which is why it took me eight years to get my undergrad because I started working in industry after my second year because there was so much money to be made. This was uh, right around the dot-com era. So, sure, sure. but you know, um, Ashley, do you, do you want to take the next question? I've been yeah, jumping on here. It's all good. Nick, I'm actually curious to know one, what was, what was the business problem that we brought to these students in that meeting and mm-hmm. how was it received? I guess is, would be the yeah. follow-up to. <laughs> Yeah, both some questions. Um, yeah, so the the problem that we wanted to bring, so uh, you know, of course, being on the integrations team, what we're doing is is we're 
data producers, right? Um, we're writing integrations, we're getting data from AWS or Azure GCP, wherever. And um, we happen to be putting it into Jupyter One, uh, the product, but in fact, these open source integrations, they have an interface. You could put it, this data anywhere. And for a long time, um, you know, I think Jupyter One also being really interested in open source has been interested in what if we could, could actually connect this with Neo4j, which for those of you who don't know, it's a, uh, I would say it's one of the most well-known uh, open source graph databases. It's an implementation. A lot of people use it. Um, and so, you know, we kind of said, what if we just took all of our producers, these integrations and, and uh, built an interface that we could put this into Neo4j itself. People could, um, you know, security researchers, uh, engineers on, on different security teams at, you know, whatever companies could actually just run a Neo4j database on their machine, on a server somewhere, um, and leverage all of the code, all of the, you know, the existing knowledge that we've put into these open source integrations and just drop them directly into uh, Neo4j. So that was, that was the, the, the concept that we brought to the mm -hmm. students. Um, and it, it's funny, Margaret, when you're talking about the, the agenda of this first meeting, how formal it is. Um, it, I, I went to this first one with Ercon, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, I think both of us really get excited about engineering and we can just we can go off, we can start whiteboarding and in fact we did. And uh, I'm laughing because I think the agenda actually, if you recall, Margaret, the agenda probably went out the window a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we were, were whiteboarding and uh, we had to kind of uh, focus back in on the, on the task at hand. But we, we had to rein you in, right? <laughs> on the other hand, I don't like doing that to sponsors when they're so enthusiastic, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the agenda, the preparation of the agenda is may even be more important than the agenda itself. Right, because the students are actually communicating. They're actually coming up with really good questions. Um, yeah. They're prepared, right? And, it's and it's a lot like Margaret. It's a lot like our show notes for this show <laughs> because we prepare yeah. them and then we don't use any of them. There so. you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> exactly. So I think the primary point there is to say you outline what you want. You understand the general direction, and then you do what needs to be done in that in that meeting. And that sounds like what you that right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I hope we didn't intimidate those, those students that too much the very first time, but, um, but of course it ended up being a great collaboration and, and, you know, spoiler alert, we ended up, um, we had a team of four students last semester, um, for all of them were excellent. And in the end, we ended up hiring one of them as a, a new engineer on our team. So the, the collaboration was awesome. Yay, Emily. Yeah. yeah Emily. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was, um, I know, but, uh, Curious question uh, that is not in the show notes as we do here <laughs> on the show. Um, what is the rest of the engagement like over the course of the semester? So semester is what, like 15, 16 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. You have the initial mm -hmm. meeting. Is it like weekly check-ins, we daily check-ins? The students are expected to have weekly meetings with their sponsors. Mm -hmm. And um, we set up, they can do it virtually or um, they can go down to the office and meet the um, with their sponsors, if they'd like to, um, on site, we have, we allow them to do that. Um, sponsors come to campus. We do that as well. Um, and then, um, sponsors are invited to presentations too, so they can come and, and listen to the students present. I think that you had the team down there. They were, they had even done some demos down at Jupiter One, didn't they, Nick? Do a, yeah, a, the, a the students came down, I think three or four times, uh, yeah, over the semester. Yeah. 
Yeah. Really yeah. And then there was times when they actually showed stuff off, right? Yes. I think in one of our company roundtables, uh, yeah. we got to see, or sprint demos, I can't remember which meeting, but yep. we got to see the demo from them, which I thought was super cool that they got to present to the whole company. So, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, not all sponsors do that, but we really appreciate when sponsors do <laughs> that opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but the weekly meetings are really pretty consistent with all sponsors. Okay. And of course, the invitations, the presentations. And then we had to have an end of semester exposition called Posters and Pies, which is um, the students give um, short presentations, two and a half minute presentations. We had 21 of them wow. last semester. Yeah, they did great. And then they had, um, trade show style demos and posters after and we have we do, we serve food pies poster pizza pies and dessert pies it's fun. i love it all sorts of pies i love it the sponsors love it so awesome um so curious question for nick did we think well actually this is more of a question because i don't know the answer have we done internships prior for our engineering team um and it was there a a preference aside from, you know, ERCOM making the connection, like a debate between you doing an internship versus a partnership with um, NC State for this particular project? Like, yeah. Talk to me through that. We, uh, we have, the engineering team has hired a number of interns actually over the time of Jupiter One, which is, which is crazy because we're, we're still so young. But um, my understanding, Margaret, when, when ERCOM originally made the connection was that there were, I think there were a couple of different options. Like we, it was, you could maybe sponsor graduate research, for example, sure. you could do um, sure. senior design. My, certainly like given those options, I think one of the things that, that I was most interested in personally is I think when you get multiple engineers together, like you, a lot more ideation happens, a lot more, um, you know, trial and error happens. Uh, and I know this says I was a, was a graduate researcher at one time and, <laughs> You know, you, you kind of look back and like, wow, if I had someone to throw some ideas off of, that wouldn't have been so so bad of a project in the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, the whole reason for teaming, right? Yeah. Teaming provides that leverage. Yeah. I do an exercise with the students that in the beginning of the semester that demonstrates that and they love it. Like they have to solve a puzzle and they solve puzzles individually for five minutes and then they solve the puzzle as a team. And and we just it launches into this incredible discussion about teaming because it's mm -hmm. they're always more productive with the mm -hmm. exercise after teaming. So so yeah, absolutely. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, but yeah, so you decided to go with the senior design experience instead of instead of the graduate work or the internship right now. Yeah. And actually, that sounds like an interesting activity. Maybe we should try it. <laughs> I'll come in and do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, you know, we'll take you up on that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, after a lot of times after, like, I get compliments. We were talking about the agendas. I had, like, some sponsors are just, they just love it. Oh, we love these agendas every week. We really need to be doing this every week. We love it. We need to be doing it internally because it really makes a difference. Yeah, we definitely need to do it internally on my marketing team for sure. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. Right? It gets you organized. And then, um, and, and the other thing they love is the presentations. The present, the sponsors love the presentations. Do the, um, do the students, you know, the, again, what's, it's always intriguing to me when I think back to when I was in undergrad and gosh, I didn't know anything from anything back then. Right. I was super young and I just, I think how nervous would I have been to have to give a presentation to a company of a couple hundred people? Do they get nervous? Do you ever have to like talk them off the ledge, say, oh, hey, gosh. it's going to be okay? 
Oh gosh, literally. Um, <laughs> it was, I was in a stairwell one time um, down at the Tally Student Center. Um, you know, we were having it down there in the theater. I had a student who was so nervous, and I was working with him. And I said, Scott, I've done this with you, you know, hundreds of times. I said, if you don't get out there, I'm going to have to do it. I can do it. You know, so I stood in the stairwell and I gave his presentation to him. <laughs> and lo and behold, he got up and he did yeah. it. Um, yeah, so absolutely there, there's a fear. But, um, you know, public speaking is the number one phobia in the world, you know, before death. So yeah. whenever I tell that to the students, they feel better, right? Because yeah. <laughs> so I just gave my presentation lecture on Friday. And one of the things that I tell the students, because most of them really aren't comfortable, most people aren't, not just engineers. I mean, just most people in the world aren't comfortable mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? In all of my years of teaching, I have never, and I mean, hundreds of students giving presentations. I have never seen their classmates be mean to them, you know, right. like to mm -hmm. mother about the presentations. You know why? Because they're so glad it's them and not them. <laughs> and not <laughs> themselves right it's like another person who's doing the presentation then they're not doing it yeah so it's 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 wonderful I yeah mean, i remember i remember the first time i did a, a true like large-scale public speaking yeah. i was yeah. thrown into a uh, speaking event at a conference um it was called hope 2002 in new york city it was a huge cybersecurity conference oh, wow there were probably like four or five thousand people in the room Wow. <laughs> and I, I walked up on stage. I remember it distinctly. I had written every single word of the speech, 45 minute speech, written every single word out on a piece of paper, oh, typed it all out. It? I got no, I got up on stage, read it. I literally <laughs> read for 45 minutes a dissertation about oh, my topic. And, oh. and I don't remember any of it. I got off the stage, had completely blacked out for the whole 45 minutes. <laughs> Can't remember any of it. I got off the stage and I walked past one of my friends and he's like, Good job, and I turned to him and I, oh, I let out an expletive because I knew it was horrible. I'm like, you're lying to me, and that was my first public speaking experience. But that being said, and to your point, you get you get experience, you you get better, you you desensitize to the risk, you know. And and at the end of the day, I mean, I think I did one year where I had over seventy or eighty public public speaking experiences in one wow. year. So Amazing. you know, amazing. So you, and you and so your friend, your friend, um was was um you know just happy he was trying to be him. there for me yeah he was trying to be there for me and I, I lit him up because i was just so mentally deranged at that moment but <laughs> you never you had to do any there? presentations in school that's a very different thing when you're presenting to a class of 20 or 30 people and you're presenting mm -hmm. to an auditorium of a couple thousand but you know uh the anxiety feels all the same to me no <laughs> but that could just be the fact that i've not actually stood in front of a group that big so well i liken it to i i do when i do my presentation lecture i do a music analogy because i'm a musician and um to, to be i know yeah i mean so so for me it's really like a performance and so one really needs to practice and to be honest with you i would prefer to sing in front of thousands of people in versus five professional musicians right so so and, and i think that the the amount the expertise in the audience is what perhaps makes me mm -hmm. nervous right mm -hmm. So for me, I'd rather the larger numbers actually are less intimidating to me. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on the on the public speaking topic, because we have gone down a rabbit hole here, but the last thing <laughs> I'll say on it is um, there was a certain level of convincing myself that I know my topic better than anybody in the room yes. because I did the research and I yes. came up with the concept and I built it 
that finally got me over the hump yes. to, to saying, hey, you know, people are going to have questions and the, they might call something out I missed, but that's okay. That's allowed, that's, right? Exactly. I say that yeah. to the students too. You're going to know more about this project than anybody in the room. Yeah. So that's yeah, a great absolutely. point. Thank you, Tyler. Um, so go ahead, Ash. You, you got another one. Um, it's all good. I was just going to ask Nick. So what's what's next for this project, right? So the semester mm -hmm. has ended. They presented to our company, right? We may have, what's the future for it here? Yeah. Um, so particularly right about uh, about this vision, connecting Jupyter 1 into a Neo4j database, um, we actually ended up releasing a couple weeks after the semester ended uh, an open source project. You can check it out at Jupyter 1's GitHub. It's called Starbase. Um, and it does exactly the vision that that we were setting out to do. Um, so, so from a marketing standpoint, technically we haven't released it yet. We've <laughs> released the code, but we haven't done the press release oh, oh, that oh, says oh, it's oh, out oh, there. So okay, technically, redacted. every all yeah redacted. No, all of the process. audience, you're you're getting a bit of a sneak peek here on what we plan to do with the open source code here at Jupiter One, and some of the future looking projects we have coming down the pipe that will be centered around Starbase and the open source projects. Um, so it's out there. What, what can, what can users do with it, Nick? Yeah. Um, so what they can do is, uh, you know, it has a readme, it has a setup documentation, how do you run this, um, and take any of our open source integrations and run them in Starbase. And in fact, if you want to, you can go ahead and change the open source integrations, um, and update the code, you know, have it run with your tweaks. Um, contribute back hopefully to Starbase and to to our open source integrations. Um, so that's that's where we're at now. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry about pre-release. No, don't be sorry. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had you on the show if I didn't want to sneak peek it to the audience. This audience yeah. is important to us. We're sneak peeking it to them. Um, that that being said, another place we can go is askj1.com, which is the um, the main landing page for our community. If you click on the community. Uh, tile that is at sj1.com. You can get into the community. Then within there, there's an open source section. Um, Nick checks it regularly amongst other people. And if he doesn't, he will be because I just said he has to. <laughs> the um, look on your face. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh -huh. He's like, yeah, I check that every day. Um, right after this. Exactly. And then we also have a, uh, a public community Slack that uh, you can get into, discuss the open source projects. Do we have an open source channel on that Slack, Nick? Uh, we have an integrations channel, which okay. is, uh, which you know, I think a lot, a lot of our engineering team is in and, and is happy to talk through things. Awesome. We're going to be adding a Starbase channel as well. Yeah, that'll be great. And, <laughs> and you know, I want to say one more thing about Starbase, which is that um, obviously NC State has seniors coming through every semester. And as Margaret was saying, there's a there's a record number of, of seniors coming through. And we have another project that we're sponsoring this year. And it's actually going to be a, a sort of a, a follow on. So um, Stay tuned for that. I don't want to give too many details away, but uh, we just we just had the project kick off, and we have five great students that are going to be working on that. Um, and uh, so, stay tuned. That's exciting. So you're basically giving these students kind of their intro to the open source world too, which you pretty much live and breathe every day of your job. How did mm -hmm. you get your start in open source? I mean, really, mostly it was Jupiter One, actually. Um, so, you know, when we ask, like, why do you build open source? Um, why do you use open source? I think in Jupyter One's case, in our integrations, one of the really interesting things is that we're a security company, right? So the, the foundation 
that Jupyter One is based off of is just how we're ingesting data from from your target AWS Azure GCP accounts, and um, to some extent, the auditability of that is like critical. So a security researcher needs to know, hey, this code is, you know, I can review this code. I can make sure they're hitting the right APIs. They're, they're, you know, I can check it for bugs. I can, um, you know, and and add additional context, right? If I need more things, I can contribute. Um, so that's, I think, where where my intro and then passion for for open source kind of started, if that makes sense. Awesome. So what you're saying is, and you, everybody can go check out the open source, including our customers today, and mm-hmm. contribute and have that ongoing community uh, contributions that way. So that's cool. Um, do you feel that there's just an obligation at a code level, or are there other ways that folks can contribute to the open source community? Um, open no. question also to anybody here mm-hmm. who wants to chime in on open yeah. source. So, uh, yeah, well, I'll take it first and then I'll put Tyler in the spotlight. What is you think oh boy. this question? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it is writing code, but I think, you know, again, going to the auditability of this stuff, you don't, a lot of it, um, you don't really need to know how to write code to do things like open an issue, ask for uh, feature requests, things like that. So our integrations, they have um, accessible GitHub issues are turned on. And um, so that's another really great way to get involved. Um, and again, you know, r- pulling down Starbase, just running running the project, understanding how to run it, even if you're not contributing. These are all really good, um, really great ways to, to contribute. Awesome. Yeah. Tyler, I, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think open source in the general sense is it's community and community doesn't mean you got to bang out lines of code every single day. Community is usage. Community is communication. Community is, you know, all sorts of bringing value to others. That's that's generally what community is and should be. Right. And to that end, you know, I think Jupiter One with this partnership with North Carolina State University and the Senior Design Center, our goal is community. Right. We, we believe in the community in our local schools and education area. We believe in the open source community with this project. Um, we believe in, you know, giving back and having security be a basic right for every company. Even if you can't afford to purchase mm-hmm. a product, you now can take Starbase and build your own DIY solution if that's how you want to approach the problem. And I think all of that to me is the fundamentals of, of what open source really means and in general, what community is as well. Totally agree. Look at that. I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> that was great. I mean, and, and certainly what we're doing with our industrial partners and our department is all about community. Yeah. And it's, and it's about creating this com- community of young professionals who are are exposed to all of these exciting new technologies and approaches to solving problems. And so if we build that community with each other, then it, it works, it helps everything, right? It, it helps mm-hmm. develop our curriculum to become more robust. And it helps you because you're you're helping to form the computer science citizens who are who are coming to you. So it's all about community. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. I love that word. Yeah, I do too. I think it's just such a key word for for 
you know, kind of a philosophy of, of, of good citizenship, but also for this project. This project is 100% a community-centric, you know, collaboration. That's great. Awesome. You got any other questions, Tyler, that you want to dig into? Or? Oh, I got a million questions, but we're going to bump up against time if I keep going. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we got to get to the spot where, you know, I embarrass myself or do something silly to make this, an, you know, a truly entertaining show. By the way, so if anybody is interested in sponsoring a project, yes, you can just um, go um, Google Senior Design Center, and we are the first hit always. Oh, oh awesome. Senior Design Center um, at CSC and, or Senior Design Center at NC State, or you can go to sdc.csc.ncsu.edu. Um, and, and we have go to four sponsors and we have call for projects. You can also email me at Heil, H-E-I-L at ncsu.edu. I'm the only Heil at NC State. Um, so absolutely, I'd be happy to um, start start discussions with you. Yeah, before we get to the game, before we get to the game, actually, I do want to put a plug in there for sj1.com. But I also want to put a plug in there um, that if anybody does have any questions about Starbase, how to install it, how to run it, what it means, how to use it. Um, Nick can take those, our Slack channels open, um, nick.dowman at jupiter1.com, tyler.shields at jupiter1.com, either of those, we can get you the right people, join the Slack. Um, and then the last plug I want to put in is, is the ever famous, the ever infamous, smash that subscribe, smash that like, <laughs> check, check the bell, get I notified about that in the every time that, that, oh uh, that cybertherapy.tv comes live, right? We're every <laughs> Tuesday at five. So. That will be our last plug uh, until our game. What's our game, Ash? Let's let's have fun. Okay, so this is I'm resurrecting a word association game because oh. the last time I tried this, it was a complete bust. So we're gonna do yeah, it a different different format this time. So uh, each of you, I'll do I'll run through basically uh, a list of words. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say the word, and then you're gonna say the first word that comes to mind related to that word, and it's just quick fire. Don't think. Just the first word that comes to your mind. We need an order because there's four of us. Yeah, yeah no, you no. Want to... <laughs> so Tyler, I'm going to start with you so you can be the guinea pig and our guests can learn Yay. from your experience. Yeah. <laughs> Still nervous about this, but okay. No, no, right. no, no reason to be nervous. Just first word that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Dog. No, I got to start first. <laughs> I she thought you says, said first words that comes to my mind. There you go. That was it. Yeah. Related to the word. So I'm going to start. Food. Eat. Instrument. Play. Pets. Cat. Metaverse. Uh, Facebook. Beverage. Bourbon. Yay. Stocks. Winning. Tom Brady. Awful. <laughs> Plants. What was that one? Plants. Grow. Sour candy. Yum. Christmas. Ick. <laughs> so, audience that members, you're welcome to psychoanalyze him. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Christmas so. ick. Yeah, Christmas ick. Christmas and Tom Brady are at the bottom of my love list. Not a fan <laughs> of either know. one. Christmas I, is on the top of my so, list. So, I want to do one, one word, just one word for you, Nick. Tom Brady. You know what? Okay. No, uh, you gotta just put word out a word. Come on, Nick. Go <laughs> process it, Nick. Goat. No. Oh. Yes. I'm sorry. You. you know, I'm. Uh, Everybody I'm says a, that. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Not a Patriots fan. Although I lived in oh. Boston for ten years. Okay. But I mean, the guy won. 
the guy, the guy, he he, that's why career. I can't stand him. He literally wins everything. <laughs> Life, money, women. He wins everything. I'm just jealous of Tom Brady, 100%. <laughs> All right, uh, Margaret, you want to go next? Sure. Okay. Uh, animal. Dog. Color. Blue. Winter. Snow. Books. Love. Drink. Buffalo Trace. Chore. Vacuuming. Music. Singing. Messy. Ick. <laughs> Hobby. <laughs> Cooking. Vacation. Europe. Ah, where in Europe? Portugal. Ah, oh, very nice. That's it. That's ten. That's it. Yeah. See, she, that was so much nicer. <laughs> the the thing I learned about you is that you clearly are a much nicer person than me. Like I'm like Tom Brady. You're like oh, you're just very nice, very kind person. I like that. Well, she didn't say Tom Brady to me. Oh yeah. well, we got to do it, Margaret. Yeah. Tom Brady. Old. <laughs> <laughs> He's at that point in his career. So. All righty, Nick. Okay. Your turn. All right, Nick. Go. Go, Nick. Go. Color. Green. TV show. That seventies show. Book. Uh, an elegant puzzle, which I'm reading right now. Oh. Drink. Ha this is called. This is weird. Half juice. Do you know half juice? We're going to dig in after. Keep going, okay. but I'm going to get into that. <laughs> Vegetable. Carrot. Oh, man, you didn't say I know. that. I, was you'd I knew say. you were. I knew you were. <laughs> uh, travel. Uh, Virgin Islands. Chore. Chore? Chore. S sweeping. Food. Tapas. Ooh. Podcast. Cyber therapy. Yay! Yeah. Uh, last, last one, last one. Mayonnaise. Aioli. Ooh, oh, wow. best okay. answer for Very mayonnaise. Cool. Yeah. Okay, um, so. What, half juice. Half juice. What, what's yeah. a half juice? Is it, how is it different than a full juice? Well, uh, the, sometimes the full juice is too sweet, so you pour water in. You water down your water. juice? You really water down your juice? Yes. Wow. Wow. It's only the whole let world that, that's learning this interesting fact about me. We're going to let that float out there in the ether. I'm just not even going to dig into that, Nick. So many ways I could like throw jabs at that, but I'm going to be a nice guy, I think. Virgin Islands, have you been or is that on your bucket list? No, um, it's just in my mind right now. I would like ah, to go. That's where you go, vacation in your brain. I had my honeymoon in the British. I had my honeymoon in the British Virgin Islands. Oh, did you? Yeah, at an island called Peter Island, which at the time I, I don't know if they're even around anymore. At full capacity, the entire island had no more than a hundred people, including workers, on the whole island, and one TV on the whole island. Wow, it's pretty wow. cool. So if you ever get a chance to look up Peter Island, it's well, it's well worth going to for a vacation. Peter okay. Island, that's cool. 
Absolutely. All I'm right, sure Ash. we're all dreaming of vacations at this point. Yes. So. And Margaret, <laughs> you and I, you and I are going to have to do some bourbon, bourbon sipping. I, I got Buffalo Trace. I got Blanton's. I got Weller's right up in that cabinet right there. We'll share some someday. Wow. Where'd you get your Buffalo Trace? It's hard to get. I got, I got a guy. I got a guy. Got a guy. I got a guy. All right, Ash, are we, are we done here? I think so. That's it. I think Margaret, Nick, thank you, thank you both so much yes. for coming on the show. I had a blast hearing the story. I'm so looking forward to the open source work coming out of uh, Jupiter One, Nick. Uh, Margaret, I am ecstatic to be working alongside the NC State students. Uh, I loved meeting them all when I had the chance. It's just a great group of kids and a great group of people over there. Please keep in touch and let us know how we can support that program. That that would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. This Absolutely. Is Thank you for coming Thank on. You. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. All righty. Moving get them back off stage. my show. Get them off my show. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Well, yes, that is a wrap. Um, next show is going to be on February 15th. So we are the first and third Tuesdays of every month. Or, or. You know you can just hit that subscribe and notify button and your phone will true. beep every time we're going live. You'll be able to come on and check us out. Uh, if you would like to hear certain topics, if you'd like to have guests, please email uh, tyler.shields at jupiter1.com or ashley.lee at jupiter1.com. We're, we're uh, open to guest ideas, concepts, game ideas. I would love to have some cool new games on here for us to play. Because um, quite frankly, we like talking to you guys. So yeah, that's it.